I, I saw Operation Ivy play probably 20 times. Wow. Uh, did you? Yes. And um, including their last show, Gilman Street, oh. which had a great lineup, including a band that had just changed their name from Sweet Baby to, or whatever, whatever they called themselves to Green Day, um, and released their record, their first seven inch, which I bought and then it was stolen and sold for drugs. Uh, Sorry about that, man. For a lot of money. <laughs> Pepper. Solid nine. The moon is shining bright. You're the one that I need. Up at your window, I see shadow silhouette of your dreams. Here's this flower. I pick for Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well Podcast. I am your co-host Pepper and I am joined as always by the hardest working man in show business, Kevin McCracken. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now that we're finally doing this, Kendra, I just want to start with thank you for your patience. Uh, I know this has been quite a, I've had some, some major technical difficulties over in, uh, in, uh, in my little Tam Valley area. Life happens. And, uh, it's fine. Yeah, showed up time and time again. So, Kendra, you're based in Chicago. I am, writer, yes. Photographer, um, you own and operate Bad Company. Um, bad Copy. Is, bad Company bad is. Copy, I'm sorry. If I owned Bad Company, I think I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> bad, yeah, Bad Cut. You're right. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> and then you could help us fund this podcast. Yes. Um, so, Bad Copy is a, a a music site, and you cover all the stuff we love: punk, hardcore, alt bands. Mm-hmm. Yep, indie, indie, alt, all of it. Awesome. And so, you know, we we call ourselves Adulting Well because we like to talk about people's punk origin stories and how it kind of influences what they're doing now and their especially their ethics around <clears throat> work and, and, and home and all the stuff that you do. So maybe if you could just introduce yourself around how you came to the punk scene and we can talk a little bit about that first. That would be amazing. Sure. Um so I am Kendra, as we said, Kendra Sheets. I live in Chicago. Uh, I was born and raised in the Midwest, uh, just outside of Chicago, but then um, moved in my late teens, college years to the West Coast. Um, so I'm Midwest, West Coastal. Um, so I've got friends in both areas. Uh, when I was younger, I I was an only child or am an only child. Um, I did not have an older brother or sister like so many people have in their kind of punk origin intro stories that, you know, gave them an old Green Day cassette or anything like that. I kind of came to it on my own. Um, You hit that age where everything is garbage and you're always just mad. Um, And those few (laughs) years before that, like 12, 13, 14, where you're starting to get mad, but you're not really sure why. Sure. Um, And so during... Those years for me, uh, and I'm going to date myself, which is fine, um, but that was the like Napster heyday. So I was easily able to find whatever I wanted um, as long as I had a dial-up internet connection that was obviously exceedingly (laughs) slow. (laughs) So I was able to get into a lot of like the punk staples. Um, You know, I easily, you know, Black Flag easily could find Social Distortion, um, just kind of those Rancid, you know, the the grandfathers. Rancid. Yeah. You would open up, so you would open up, I love Rancid, so you would open up Napster <laughs> and then, uh, so searching for new stuff? Kind of, yeah. And um, I had another friend when I was like 12, 13 who had older brothers. So mm-hmm. she would kind of bring to me things that they were listening to. And so through that, we'd be able to find more and more stuff. And then there was this one faded trip to the library, which is a really bizarre like thought of being, you know, in like 
1998-99 and like going sure. and checking CDs out from the library and then burning them at my house and like bringing them back. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was kind of how it all started. And then uh, I started going to like big like kind of sellout punk bands, quote unquote, for everyone who can't see me. Um, sure. Uh, music like music shows like big concert giant arena rock and then yeah, i started yeah, moving yeah. down into smaller and smaller diy shows and then really? i got like, basements and garages and it was just oh, a wow. giant slide from there <laughs> that's so interesting because it's such a backwards way of how i look at it just because i <laughs> yeah. didn't go to like an arena show until i was much older but i started going to tiny tiny like basement shows when i was young well um, i think one of the the kind of strange comings up that I had is that uh, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom came out when I was kind of getting into music and that was a crossover like top 40s. So I went to go see them at a large outdoor stadium and CIV and the Vandals opened and they were running around half naked screaming fuck into every microphone and I was just like, what is this? And I think that was kind (laughs) of part of the coming up process too. I don't think I went to like a punk band in a larger venue um I don't even know until I was much older. I I definitely saw other bands though. I went and saw like metal bands and because Metallica's from here, I got to see Metallica at the Concord Pavilion and that kind of stuff. But um, it's interesting because I, you know, we originally you and I had talked, Kendra, about trying to get you in to do photographs at the AFI Jawbreaker show, and I, I don't actually even know if that ever happened. It did not happen. <laughs> oh, bummer. That's okay. Um, I ended up in I Mexico ended- that week instead, so it was all right. <laughs> oh, so I think you probably had as good a time as we did. Um, Hopefully. But I ended, yeah, I ended up going down for that show, and um, it was amazing to see, like, the crowd reaction. Especially oh, I'm sure. AFI. It was crazy. I was, it was crazy. When There's I was some, out in L.A., I was, like, on the barricade, front row AFI, like, traveling around to see them. Like, I was big into that when I lived out there when I was younger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing for me is I always assumed, you know, because I was like Mr. DIY and don't sell out and all that stuff. And I kind of came up in that era. I was, you know, I was very, very involved in booking shows and going to shows when Green Day actually signed that contract. Right. My band was the one that protested them in Jawbreaker in Petaluma and like brought flyers saying, and it's featured in the Jawbreaker, actually the documentary, the flyer that my bandmate made. But I always thought, oh, well, they'll never be able to carry over this energy to these big stands. And I was totally wrong. <laughs> like, now that I'm older, I can admit I was so wrong. I remember you <laughs> handing out those flyers on my way into that show. I played that yeah. show. Of course you did. <laughs> so, but I, that's the interesting thing for me. And I think, like, that's part of, though, the progression of, like, like growing up and being able to admit where we're wrong and that kind of stuff. And, and um, so let's fast forward a little bit for you and just talk a little bit. So you got into the scene you kind of did it on your own, but like it was obviously you're not just involved in like going to shows and watching bands. You, you have your own online magazine and you, you photograph bands. How did that kind of stuff come about for you? Cause that's, that's, it's, it's a pretty, it's amazing that, people are, are able to do it number one with the cost of everything in the world right now. And, yeah. and, and two, like, you know, it's just so, it's amazing that you're documenting these, um, these bands today. So let's see. Oh gosh. Um, I was definitely an avid show goer and still am, but, uh, less now as I'm aging, I'm a sleepier by nine 30 than I used to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I got to the point 
and just going to show after show, you know, five, six days a week, I was out doing stuff, especially when I lived out in Los Angeles, um, where I wanted to give back something more than just, you know, my 15 Mm. bucks at the door or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking for opportunities to document in some way. Um, At that point, I hadn't really done much photography besides like in the early days, like going to like an actual venue, like in Chicago or LA and like, they said no cameras. And I would just like shove a film camera down my pants, and like get it inside (laughs) and then take it out and like take photos of bands. But I had no actual like talent for that in any way. Um, So I started working for a couple of different um, smaller zines and doing some writing for them. Um, It all kind of actually took off when I moved back to Chicago. I was trying to find my niche after um, the past, the sudden passing of my dad's, which is why I moved back home. Mm. And I felt so lost. And I was kind of trying to place myself in this group in Chicago, people, you know, with the way the punk community is nationally, everyone knows everyone. So a lot of my LA friends told me, you know, who to hang out with in Chicago, but from what they said, from what I felt, I was too Midwest for the West coast and too West coast for the Midwest at that point in my life. (laughs) So I didn't really fit anywhere and I wasn't really kind of, um, just gelling, I think, with the way that things were in Chicago. I've been gone almost 10 years, so I, I wasn't the same person when I left when I was 17. Um, and so I ended up uh, working for a site out of Denver called For the Love of Punk. And um, I did a lot of stuff with them for years. I ended up uh, moving kind of up the the ranks, quote unquote, um, pretty quickly mm-hmm. and um, kind of becoming like a... Um, I definitely didn't own the site, but I kind of co-ran it with um, a couple of people Mm -hmm. and things went south with that website. And the whole time that things were kind of starting to go south um, after a few years, the guy I was dating, who is a graphic designer um, and website designer by trade, was like, let me build you a website, please. You won't have to put up with any of this. I'm so tired of hearing you complain about how like this is going and you would just do it all these different ways. So... um, I took about a year off and then um, I was like, all right, let's do this. And so he built bad copy for me and with me and then a number of other people that I had met throughout the years from that website, from other websites um, and just people who were interested. We kind of moved forward and created the new um, website. (laughs) It looks great. Thank you. I will let him know you said that because I have nothing to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's awesome and like so have you been able to sort of add writers and and you know build the kind of the the community around it and how how do you do that in your what kind of i'm I'm most curious because i run a business as well and i try to like try to bring back some of the stuff that i learned you know early on in punk around the diy ethic and especially sharing with my with my you know co-workers the 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 goods that come out of owning a business, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, when it first started, there were probably about eight or so of us that sat at a table. Some people were on like FaceTime um, in other states. All of us, or, you know, a number of us were in Chicago. And the one thing that I really wanted to kind of hammer home is that the previous site was, it was this one person site and we were all working for their website. And mm-hmm. I did not want that mm-hmm. for bad copy. I was like, yeah. this is a group effort. We all have a say in this. You know, if you're here at this table today, you're part of the group. If you're a contributor, you're part of the effort. <coughs> that worked for about 
like four months after a launch and then everyone kind of stopped being as much of part of the effort as I wanted them to be. I was told by um, a friend in a band once that every group needs to have a leader or else nothing will get done. People need yes. someone to follow. And I didn't appreciate that at the time and I did not agree with it. But after so many months of kind of trying to rouse the troops <laughs> to get things done. I was like, we need to have a person that's kind of orchestrating a lot of what's going on. Um, and to your question, Kevin, you know, were we able to kind of add more people? Yes. But just like any job market, people leave, people show up, people yeah. have brief stays, people stay for long term, um, you know, keeping contributors and contributors who are actively involved um, is always hard. And it's so much harder during and after the pandemic. I mean, everyone's just kind of bleh, all over the place nowadays, mentally and, and physically and everything. So it's, it's a lot harder now than it used to be. That's an interesting topic to me. Uh, as someone that gets fired up about stuff like doing projects <laughs> and wrangles people <laughs> into them. Uh, as you do stuff, right? You put this side out, you have this podcast, you do all this stuff. It takes a lot of time. And yes. you have to do stuff when you don't feel like doing it, right, in, or, uh, in order to finish. And I think a lot of people, like I was just talking to my friends and they're like, let's start a video game podcast and we'll have video and we'll do this and this and this. And I just feel like a lot of people get fired up and when they actually get into the trenches of, of sustaining something, it's, it's, not, it's a slog, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. sometimes. It really is. And, can... you know, there's a number of contributors that we've had over the years that you know, they, they go and come, they'll kind of ebb and flow. And then, you know, come like New Year's resolution time, I'll get this like six paragraph email about all the things they want to do for the year. And then I don't hear from them again until October. And I'm not going to rush sure. it. I'm not going to push it. You know, it, you can't force that kind of creativity. You can't force someone's drive to go to a show or to, you know, fall in love with a band. So it just is what it is. You know, the chips kind of fall where they, they may. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's, I mean, a lot of times people too, I mean, I think honoring that sort of like creative ebb and flow is important as well. And just having that attitude about it is, uh, it's, uh, it's a really impressive because I tend to get frustrated with people too. Cause I'm like, Oh, oh you're not doing There it the is so much frustration. You, to... you don't, please do not think there is not. I just have tried to be less frustrated as I get older. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it's hard though, because it's like, especially if you see a, a, a certain amount of potential in somebody that you're working with oh, yeah. and you want them to stick around and really do it, like take it to the next level. But I don't, I don't want to be like that dad either where I'm like, oh, you're, you're really not living up to your potential. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that was like me in high school. That was like my For sure. high school life. Right. Like, oh, you got so much potential, you know. And what about the like, slacker thing, though? Like, I, I feel like because I used to be a pretty big slacker and I only got a good work ethic maybe like five, six years ago. So yeah. when I see people like, oh, why aren't you passionate? Why aren't you working passionately on my project? I get frustrated, but then I have to remember it. Like a lot of people don't care that much. <laughs> yeah. It's, totally. it's interesting and it's hard. Um, Cause for me, I, I feel like when it comes to running a site or just really, I mean, so many things, people don't really understand what it takes and what you're doing. If you say you're going to cover a show and I get you coverage for that show and then you choose not to go to that show, I then mm. have to explain why we're no longer going to post coverage for that show. And I hope I don't lose my contact with that band, with that PR company, with that venue. And people are just like, well, I didn't feel like going outside. It was cold out of Chicago. 
You know, I don't know that everyone understands the like what happens if kind of scenario. So I try not to like harp on that too much because I don't want to, like you said, Kevin, be like, well, you actually should have been going to the show and here's all the reasons why now you've disappointed right. me. It's, it's You don't want to <laughs> do that. I mean, it's someone's creative output. We're asking them to do this for free. Right. But also, like, please be in love with something as much as I am. <laughs> right. Right. I, that Yeah, that's always the hard part, right? Is, like, taking that inspiration and, and like, making it infectious. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I find that, like, I've trained a lot of, of mostly men primarily because um, I, like, part of my business is there's a social enterprise part of it. And there's such an overwhelming amount of, like, returning citizens in California because we have such a huge prison population. Mm-hmm. But I've trained a lot of men how to screen print over the years. And some of them are really, really good at it. But then they're like, oh, I'm going to go take this other job over here where I make more money and it's, you know, yeah. not so hard on my body. I'm like, but you're so good at this. Yeah, but capitalism, <laughs> Kevin, we need money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stick around. Well, we do profit sharing. I mean, we try to even it out, but it's hard. I mean, I, you know. Of course. <clears throat> you know, it's always hard. And it's, you know, there you run into people who are, um, who are just so naturally talented at certain things, right? Mm. And I find it both aggravating and inspiring because I'm like, you're so good at that. Why are you so good at that? I want to be good at that thing, you know? Totally. (laughs) You know, they don't want to do it. And I'm like, oh, you know, but again, like it goes into that same like thing. I, you know, I love this idea of you just standing there like this kid was born to screen. (laughs) 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 I do, but there's, there's people that are just naturally good at it. Like they have a good eye for like registration or they understand how inks work or whatever it is. And it's like, I can get into a nerdy thing about that, but you know, it's like with a lot of creative things, it's like, you got to be inspired to do it. You got to want to do it. And, um, so tell us like, you know, we, we won't do the rapid fire or anything, but what, what are some of your favorite shows and bands that you've seen, especially since like the, we're now going to see shows again after COVID. Like I've gone to like two shows ones? since COVID. So really? that's probably not the best question for me. I'm going to a what? show at the end of the month. Yeah. I, I have, um, uh, some immunodeficiency problems. So I've just um, been really careful with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to go oh. see a friend's band, um, like outside Chicago in a, very large venue with very few people in it, which I felt very comfortable at. <laughs> but yeah. um, but I can tell you pre-COVID, I can tell you things I like to do that might be coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, so let's oh. see. Uh, at the end of the month, I'm going to go see Pink Shift up in um, Cudahy, Wisconsin at X-Ray Arcade, which is right outside Milwaukee. Um, X-Ray is like the best place to go if you're in Milwaukee in regards to venues. So any bands go tour through them, please. I don't work for them. I just really love them. Um, and they're great people. Um, other things there's, um, let's see. Oh man, you guys put me on the spot. Now I have to think of like my social calendar and all the stuff that I'm going to now have to go to since I say I'm going to go to it. What about, uh, is there, are there any pieces you're particularly proud of that you've done, uh, since you started the site? All right. Pepper just, Let's shift this over a little bit. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I think festival coverage is always um, very time consuming, very enjoyable, but also super exhausting. It's exhausting when you're doing a three day festival. If you're away from home, it's exhausting when we do Riot Fest and we're here in the city. Um, but it's always super fun. And um, one of the things that we came up with, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years ago, um, probably about four at this point, was um, with Riot Fest, we wanted to do something 
that put us above some of the other sites because, um, or just made us stand out. Because one of the options when you are in the press tent at Riot Fest is you get to interview bands if you email them and okay it with their PR or with them themselves. Um, and everyone, you know, is the, I assume everyone has the same stock questions like, what do you have coming out this year? And are you, who do you want to see at Riot Fest and shit like that? Um, mm-hmm. So we wanted to try and do something different. So we ended up coming up with our version of Mad Libs, which we call Bad Libs. <laughs> and so we end up uh, writing for every event, usually like between two to four different options, you know, because Mad Libs always has like a theme to it. So we'll do, <laughs> you know, a Riot Fest theme, a jungle theme, a drunk theme or whatever. Um, and then we ask the band which one they want to do. We have them kind of fill it out together. We'll take some photos. We'll have them read it. We put it on our YouTube. So um, <sighs> doing that has just been like really, really fun. It's, I think, given us as contributors who are there for those festivals ways to connect with the bands that we normally wouldn't, if we were just reading off like five standardized questions. Um, And there are some bands that I've seen at different festivals or different shows, you know, see them at riot fest, see them again when they come through Chicago at a smaller venue and they remember doing bad lives, which is really cool. Um, (laughs) Or they come back, you know, on like the third or fourth or the third day of the festival and be like, hanging out with you guys was like the best part of the weekend, which is really great to hear. That's amazing. That's awesome. So talking about Riot Fest pre-COVID. Yes. I did go to Riot Fest, so we can talk about post-COVID Riot Fest if you want to, Kevin. Oh, okay. See, there you go. <laughs> it's outside, uh, so, so I felt okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I've been, I've only been to one, so it's not, I'm not like a, an expert in Riot Fest, but, you know, um, it, I mean, it's certainly grown over the years. It was never tiny, obviously. Oh, no. But it, it's, it's, it's massive it's, now. I mean, <laughs> The, the last the last like however many years has been insane. Yeah, we I mean, put how on are they like start topping themselves. <laughs> they just keep getting bands to come back together. I mean, that's their thing. Yeah. Is like who is the most unattainable broken up band that's still left who hasn't played Riot Fest <laughs> yet, and that's who it's going to be this year or next year or whenever it's going to be. There'll be you know someone great. You guarantee it. Plus Andrew WK and Guar every single year, so you can guarantee those two. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they're amazing too. I mean, oh, Andrew, yeah. Andrew WK live shows are on another level. Oh, I've never seen him. He, he, he oh, my gosh. You have to go. Sure. I was He's at so Riot Fest six, five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. The Jawbreaker year. Effort. I make an okay. effort to go see him. Um, so t- tell us about covering Riot Fest because it is just bonkers. I mean, I, I was totally overwhelmed. I've been to, you know, probably 100 festivals in my life. You know, because I, I used to do merch as well. So, right. I mean, I've just been to a ton of them, but it is such a crazy weekend. It's it's insane. Um, we have started to track the amount of steps that we do and add them into like our our weekly write up or our you know uh, <laughs> our weekend write up rather. Um, and we we get like twenty miles or so on like three days. I mean, it's it's a lot because the it's in for anyone who's not well versed in Riot Fest. Um, no matter where they put it in Chicago, it's in a giant park these days. It's mm-hmm. changed from one giant park to another giant park. Um, and there's right. kind of some debate this year if it's going to be at that giant park this year or not. The neighbors are not super happy about it. Um, but they need a lot of space. There are, yep. I don't want to say this wrong, I believe five, maybe six um, stages that they have. And they have to point them all in different directions and they have to be so far apart for the sounds to not bounce off each other or compete with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Covering it is so 
fun and so overwhelming every year. Um, I remember the first year, you know, when you're the first year of bad copy, um, I, we had a really great stacked list of contributors, amazing photographers, great writers, you know, people who were some people who were new and some people who were, you know, well-worn veterans. And so I had a feeling that we'd be okay when we applied for coverage. And when we got that acceptance letter, I was like, yes, we're in. Oh my God. It was like the best feeling ever. And every year it's kind of, even though we've been doing it year after year, we're just like, are we going to get it? I think we're going to get it. And then when we do, it was like, yes, we're going to get it. So what can we do to make this year even better? Um, and the, so everyone's kind of aware the press tent from the entry is on the exact opposite side of the festival. So every year we have to walk in, walk all the way to one side of the festival, drop our stuff, prepare all of our things, walk all the way to whatever stage we're going to, and then go back to the press tent. Cause that's where you get your free waters, your free drinks and anything else. Then you go <laughs> back out to the stage and then you go back to interview a band. So it's a whole lot of walking. Um, it's usually now that global warming kind of feels like it's settling in fully, no longer raining all weekend because when <laughs> they started putting it outside, it seemed like every day it was raining all weekend long, but now we usually get pretty good weather for Riot Fest, which is nice. Um, nice. but yeah, it's, it's great. There's, um, they always keep a stage that's the smallest stage out of the bunch, but it's for kind of the up and coming bands. Some of the locals that make it on, that's where I camp out for most of the time anyway. Um, it's it, you get the best bands there for sure. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, this year's lineup is bonkers. Is it out? It's, I think so. Isn't it? Is it three right first? I think so. I mean, I heard the exploited like oh, actually no, put it. Okay, last year's lineup was pretty bonkers. I heard the exploited yeah. like leaked the fact that they're playing this year, but other than that, I don't know anyone mm. besides probably Guar yeah. and Andrew WK. <laughs> Yeah, well, of course. That, right. But, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I was looking at last year's. Last year's was incredible. I was going to sound like a really bad owner-operator of a music website if yeah. I didn't know that right. Ryan was, <laughs> had released their yeah. schedule, unless it happened while we were talking. But, I, I mean, I, I, I've I heard rumors of a few bands only because of my relationship with who I called about you getting into the, you know, that <gasps> show. Who knows? Dish. You Dish know. and tell us everything, Kevin. <laughs> what about uh, Jesse Michaels and Tim Armstrong's new band? Yeah, have you heard that song? I, have. I haven't listened to it. I it's don't know that me. I want to based on the comments that I've read. It's growing on me a little. That's what everyone says. They're like, we're, we're excited to see what the next song sounds like. Yeah. You know. I do I'm think not, that I'm it's gonna... like a little bit of like a, you know, hat tip wink kind of situation to call it bad op. Ticks. like really guys you oh i didn't get that other. oh i'm so yeah dumb. yeah <laughs> <laughs> little too close um, yeah i'm gonna pass on my comments Ooh, spicy oh, <laughs> out, of re- out of respect for the uh one of my favorite all-time live bands you don't like the clash <clears throat> um I-, I saw operation ivy play probably 20 times wow uh, did you Yes, and um, including their last show, Gilman Street, Aww. which had a great lineup, including a band that had just changed their name from Sweet Baby to, or whatever, whatever they called themselves, to Green Day, um, and released their record, their first seven inch, which I bought, and then it was stolen and sold for drugs. <clears throat> Sorry that about that, man. For a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but um, you know, I... 
yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I didn't, we'll see I didn't what give else. it a second listen. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what else will be put. released. Did not give it a second listen, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, probably should, but, you know, I'm sure it's going to be great once they get into it. I mean, Joey's an incredible <laughs> listen drummer. Listen to the, the caveats and the, like. Yeah. The rationalization. Well, I, want to give, I want to give Jesse and, and Tim, and I don't know their ba- who their bass player is, because I, I didn't look that hard but i know joey from the bronx and and um he played with uh, the circle jerks on their last tour and he's a monster he's an incredible drummer and so i'm i'm sure that that there's a lot to look forward to i just you know i've just felt a little bit like pretty you know boilerplate for the group of guys that are playing on it you know so that was all for me i mean I, it's not that it's bad i just you know i was hoping for like a revelation you know, and so my expectations got me on this one. I don't think it's as much them as just me thinking, oh, my God, they're so mature as musicians. Now. They're going to hear this and you're going to be so embarrassed. <clears throat> they're they're, they're going to be like, oh, they blah, are not blah. Gonna care they're our biggest they're, listeners. You don't know. They're they not going to care. I've tried to get them on the show. They're <laughs> not going to care. You want me well, to they're get not them coming on, on now. <laughs> well, you're, you know, Jesse, right? I, I do not. Know. But oh, I know people. He responded that know him. to a message uh, that I wrote him on Facebook a long time ago. Maybe I could get you guys in. There we go. See? <laughs> that would be awesome. <coughs> and Lint, you just have to say his name three times in the mirror backwards. <laughs> I will say this though about about Tim. When I was um, in high school, he would call the house to tell me to tell me what where they were playing that weekend. Because he had a book of phone numbers that he carried around with him to make sure. And he was like the never-ending promoter of things. And hey, so Kevin. Kevin, him. how are you? My mom would pick up the phone <laughs> and she would she would shout in the house, Kevin, there's a boy named Lint on the phone for I you. was really hoping that's how he announced himself to your mom. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, and, and I just... Like I wish I had re- <coughs> had recordings of my mother oh my yelling this in the house. Me too. You know, and he'd be like, "We're playing at the Berkeley Square this weekend." I'm like, "Okay, how did you get a Brooklyn accent, bro?" But okay, that is an um, Albany accent. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, but it was like it, you know I was so young too. I was just like so starstruck by these guys that were like headlining at Gilman Street, you know, mm. and uh, but. I just like music really, you know, that's why I like hearing what people's favorite shows and kind of favorite bands are because, you know, music just completely, utterly changed my life and especially the punk scene. And, um, you know, so, so I would assume you're going to be at Riot Fest this year. If they let us, I hope so. <laughs> they have for a previous year. So please, if anyone's yeah. listening. And, and so do you have any, anything you're going to add to your coverage this year? At Riot Fest, now that I've done my filibustering stories about childhood? <laughs> um, I don't know. We try to always do something new and kind of shake things up. The Bad Libs is always, you know, we change those up every single time. Um, but last year was our first year back after COVID. And so it was kind of a getting our feet back on the ground, steadying mm-hmm. us out kind of year, um, which was good. But it just, we you don't realize the things that you are in shape for when it's not like physical shape it's like a mental right. and physical emotional mm-hmm. like tri-bread yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah then you go back to a three-day music festival where you walk yeah. 20 miles and you're like oh my god what is my life so yeah. i think kind of getting back into the groove is probably where we're gonna be again for this year but maybe we'll add something new we'll see it's a little early yeah 
Okay. Well, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know what they're going to do to top last year. I mean, come on, the, the Misfits playing Walk Among Us in its entirety. I mean, like, My Chemical Romance crazy. is not one of my favorite bands, but it right. was the biggest thing that I've seen. In, like, there was Misfits, and then there was My Chem, and it was just every headliner they had in those last uh, evening slots just if there was a roof on the park, it would have blown the roof off the place. Like everyone was just going insane. It was absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was, I saw, so I went to the same one Joshua went to when, when Jawbreaker played their first, their first show, their, their, whatever their, you know, they played that year. Um, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed the nine inch nail set that from the night, mm-hmm. the night before and was totally blown away by the energy of the crowd before we even got to oh, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it was unreal. I mean, just people were so into it and just so excited and it seemed like everybody was in a good mood. And I've been to so many festivals where it's almost like a giant, like, especially with the guys, it's like a giant pissing contest about who's, you know, mm-hmm. tough and who's cool and all that stuff. I got mm-hmm. a very different read on Riot Fest. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of festivals, even though I've been to a lot of them. Yeah. But I would go back to Riot Fest anytime. You know, if I actually had the, if I was there or if I was being invited by by somebody and there was a reason to be there, it would be one that I would not hesitate to go to. And there's a few lineups in the past now that I look at and I'm like, I wish I would have bought tickets and flown out there. You know? Are you going this year, Kevin? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Possibly. I was just saying, <gasps> Kevin, we, sh- we should go to Riot Fest. So it depends. You heard it here so first, I, folks. They're going to riot. Yeah, fest. we're going to do our yeah. we're going to do our own they, cool thing. Let me let me not <laughs> let me not say let me not reveal without with revealing and just say it depends on if something happens and if it does, I will be there. I'm sorry. Ooh. And yeah. it depends on if Jawbreaker plays. <laughs> what else? <laughs> I don't yeah. think they're coming back this year. Uh-oh. They just they just played again uh, two years ago, so I don't think it's going to be them. But there's uh there's some other Something bands else. that may or may not be involved with the same management company that might be playing. So, oh. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, I would love to. I would love to go again, though. It's a great show, and they do such a good job of just making it feel like it's a giant backyard barbecue party punk it's, jamboree. I you will know? say, last year, crowd wise, to me, felt very different, and I don't know if it was like this kind of post pandemic. Everyone's going because a we. It people had rollover tickets from prior years, so there were people right. that there were tickets that could people couldn't make it. People were buying tickets at really low prices, um, but the crowd was very festival crowd. Like and Riot Fest to me oh. never felt like a festival crowd before. They're yeah, like a yeah. punk crowd that is at a festival, but this mm-hmm. looked a lot more like Lollapalooza did to me, mm. um, which I've actually never been to. But like I've had to drive around it because it's in the middle of our downtown. Um, so you kind of see what people look like. You kind of sure. get their like you know tone as they're flooding the yeah. streets and sidewalks. And this last year felt a lot more festival esque. But we'll see. It could just be kind of a one off because it was the year that everyone came back after two years of not being there really. Totally. totally. But it's not going to stop me. So, I'll still go. So what, what is on your social calendar coming up? You said you, now you're going to have to disclose or, or. I don't even know, <laughs> man. Um, well, I like the fest in Gainesville, obviously in October is always yeah. a big one. I haven't gone to that since COVID. Um, I feel like 
I'm so out of touch with everything now. Like I used to, you know, I, when big bands come through, I'm like, Ooh, okay. I could go to house of blues to go see that band. <laughs> but now I'm like, I don't even know what small local bands are in Chicago anymore. Cause everyone's changed so much or people have right. moved far away. So they're only playing, you know, every four or five months when they come through. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to first reestablish myself in like a local scene again. I'm still here. I'm just like in my house a lot more. So I guess I I'll like it. leave my house a few times and see like who I can find. Let me yeah, tell you guys something. Totally I bought tickets to see AFI a, a few weeks ago, maybe last month. I don't know. Whenever they were here. And when uh-huh. it came time to go, I was like. Did you not go? You didn't go? No. And I watched a live AFI show instead on my TV. Uh- I will say this. I I I, I get it. Though. You know this because you were you were here back then, Joshua. I mean I, Pepper. Yes. Um that so AFI is from a tiny town up in the in Lake County. And they used to do punk shows at the local fairgrounds. And AFI would be up there opening for like all these bands, but they were so curious and so excited. And they would be like, How do you tour? What do yeah. you do when you get to a town in the in the show? I used to book them at the Phoenix and they were like, thanks, yes. man. And I'm like, dude, you guys so are super grateful. good. You know, yeah. and we'd have, you know, like 15 would be headlining. Or I think Ransom played up there one time. And they were so good. It was like, you know, kind of these great bands from, from Berkeley and San Francisco. And AFI was always, so, they were so nice. They were like the nicest guys. That's and the shit that matters, just, though. Like Always. Yes, yeah. So many and hard crappy douchebags in not just music, but well, just in the world. So when one person is nice to you, or you've got a band dude. that's like legitimately caring and sweet, that was what I hold on to for the rest of my life. Right? Well, and, and so seeing them play this like stadium in Los Angeles a few weeks back, and the crowd was, they just had them so wrapped around their fingers. Davey oh, so was good. like, he was, he was just like in fine form. Yeah. I mean, just like doing his whole thing. But it wasn't just that. It was the whole experience. Like upstairs, they had like a VIP room that they invited all their friends and family to. And oh. they had only vegan food in there because Davey's a vegan. Of and they made a big deal out of it. Like in our, in our effort to care about the rest of the beings on this planet. Like it was all really well thought out. Did he unfurl his <laughs> cape, Kevin, if you would like? <laughs> Yeah, totally. It was amazing, <laughs> though. But then, like, the drummer kept coming by Jawbreaker's dressing room and being like, I just want to tell you guys how much I love you. Like, it was like, like you guys are my favorite band growing uh... up. And it was like this cool, like, whole thing. And I just felt like, okay, that's when I had that moment of, like, I was wrong about punk bands playing stadium shows. You know what I mean? Like, where I really got it, you know? Well, because they truly, like... It's the personality type. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that if you can continue to grow and not change who you are and your basic morals, that's the most important thing. I too have a cute story about the drummer of AFI, Adam Carson, Um, and I will share because I just remembered it as you said that. Um, So you know, touring around and seeing AFI everywhere I lived and went all over LA for so long, you know they start to see you, you start to see them. You're like, oh, hello, nice to see you. Um, And I was up, I drove all the way up when I lived in LA up to San Francisco um, to see, I believe it was Gaslight Anthem. Um, I don't think it was a Gaslight Anthem side project, but it might be a Brian Fallon related thing. But I I went 
all the way up there by myself in my tiny little Honda Civic. And I went across, I got there early and I was kind of like shopping around. I was going to sleep in the car. It was like a very low budget. Like I'm going to this show. It was a small venue. And when they were already like a bigger band kind of thing. And I went across the street to a bar sitting there, sipping on a beer by myself. And uh, Adam walked in and I looked over and he kind of looked at me and I looked at him. He sat down, we started chatting. We went over to the venue together and I was like, if you feel like you want to go like to the back and, you know, hang out. And he goes, I don't watch bands from the back. I watch them here where the fans are or like where the people are or something wow. like that. Yeah. So he stood next to me and watched Gaslight Anthem perform like and he's also like six, five. So I'm like, you know, hitting five, four at yeah. my like tallest. So he got to see everything. And I was like <laughs> tippy toeing over the crowd. But he did had no interest in, you know running behind he could easily have probably walked to the back and been like you know see you later bye and he just stood there and he was like are you Mm -hmm. you know where you got a place to stay you're good okay like you know it's nice seeing you just super nice sweet down to earth real human being and he's playing stadium shows Mm -hmm. but yet he's still and this was like afi Mm -hmm. heyday this is like sing the sorrow like december underground era where they are playing those massive stadium shows and thousands and thousands of people are coming he's never changed and i don't think the rest of the band really has either from what i've seen but, but do you know that one of their first seven inches, <laughs> one of their first seven inches, which I bought was called Dork and just had a picture oh, yeah. of the drummer. <laughs> I own that. Okay. That's one of my favorite. I own all of the AFI oh. things still <laughs> after my very Whoa, intense fangirl eBay fan. days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I get it. That's awesome, though. That's, I mean, they're going to be doing some fun stuff this summer from what I hear too. So, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll, I was upset. I missed that show, but I was like, they'll figure something else out. We'll see them around soon. Yeah. And there's, there's a few things we can talk about like offline that I don't really want to, because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Take that. Everyone who's listening, you don't get the secrets. Like I will. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not trying to do that. I just like, I, you know, there's just. Like of course, things that I probably shouldn't be. Of course, I Patreon listeners, <laughs> you can <laughs> Patreon listeners. <laughs> yeah, we'll record this afterwards, and you'll have to pay to hear it. Kevin, and it's bumped uh, up to out fifty dollars a month now. We are, <laughs> we are running out of time, so we're we're uh, we usually try to keep it to forty five minutes. Of so course. why don't you tell us, Kendra, what's next for you and Bad Copy, and kind of oh, where do you see this project going for you? I know um, you're, you're working a a regular job and all that stuff, but yeah. Like so what's the deal with the, with the magazine? Hi, gosh, there's, I don't know. There's a lot. It's, it's obviously to keep it going. Um, one thing that I really want to do is kind of get some new contributors. So if you're out there listening and you want to write, or you love taking photos or whatever, get at me, uh, Kendra at the bad we say the the is silent because someone took the donate domain name we wanted. Um, so <laughs> um, it is bad copy, but we have the on everything. Um, but I think, you know, just trying to keep it going, get some new people in there. We, like so many things in the world, have a lot of white men who are our contributors, which yeah. are great if you're interested. But we also would like some more people of color, some more diversity. Um, we want to try and showcase all different types of people because the punk scene is becoming more and more diverse, which is fabulous. And we want to represent that. Um, we will be at festivals. We will be at not festivals, hopefully in your basement playing shows or, you know, taking photos of shows. Um I don't know. Other than that, we're just trying to keep it afloat. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and 
So you've got plans to do some things coming up and hopefully you can. Maybe I'll leave the house. We'll see. <laughs> partially comfortably reintegrate. I have a hard time leaving my house. I will admit I, I really like my house. I like being here. Well, I think um, the issue that I came across is after years and years of going out and working a full-time job and then going out for four to six hours a night and taking photos. I want to be there. I always want to be there at the very first band because I don't want to miss a local that I've never heard of before. I think mm-hmm. it's really important. And also like I found some of the best bands that I'm absolutely in love with now, like six years ago, being one of the only people at the start of the show. Um, so going at the beginning, staying through the end, saying goodbye to everyone in the Midwest, you never can really say goodbye. You're like, oh, see, oh, 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 oh you, okay. And then 45 minutes later, you're still standing at the bar talking to someone. Um, but after years and years of doing that and then going into lockdown, I was like, A, I'm really tired. And B, I realized I think I'm really introverted and I have to like plan to be extroverted. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when now there's an option of like, do you want to go outside? I'm like, do I have to? Can I just be like Pepper and watch it on TV? I know it's not exactly the same, but like maybe it's kind of the same. It's exactly so. the same. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's like not. not. I don't want to no, drive at night anymore. I just uh, – all of it. I mean I get it, but there's just I, – I do – every time I go back to it, it's sometimes it's such a like slog to like get me out of the house. But when I'm there and you're in the energy and you're watching the bands, it's the most unbeatable thing. Oh, it's yeah. just mm-hmm. to get me to leave the house is yeah. almost as exhausting as being out for six yes. hours. <laughs> yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> We're getting <laughs> old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rapidly. Well, some more than others here. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. We both do. And, and, of course. and hopefully this is like a to be continued thing where we see each other, some stuff over the summer and maybe. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, I want to start doing a little better job about recording things that I go to. Cause a lot of times I'm like, so like I get busy when I'm there. Like there's like, Oh, there's this thing that I got to do. And then I don't think to pull up my recorder and actually right. just ask a few questions that we can use for the show, you know? And, um, yeah. Cause I always end up somehow working when bands are like, Hey, come see us and hang out. And they're just like, Oh, and then they're like, Oh, wait a minute. Could you help us do this thing? By hang out. Like, here's a list of things we met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hang out. Yeah. I mean, can you manage the guest list and do a few other things for us right now? Look, when you're good, you're good. Word spreads fast. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be hopefully a fun summer show. As I saw, All American Rejects. Oh yeah. Tour. Um, you know, and so there's a lot of cool stuff happening. And um, see, now you're bringing up stuff that I remember, and I didn't remember any of this when you asked me this question just mere moments ago. (laughs) I do follow things, I just don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and what about you? Is there is there anything you're specifically looking forward to this summer? Um, man, well, completely out of music and away from everything. Um, I'm going to be going back to school. I don't think I've publicly like brought this up. So, um, I'm going to be going back to school to get a master's in social work. So I'm very excited about that. Um, it took a very long, thank you. Um, it's taken a long time to kind of realize that like a lot of signs were pointing me down this path. And like three years ago, I've been like, what are you talking about? But now I'm like, Oh my God, hindsight. Wow. Okay. Um, so I will be Amazing. starting that probably at the end of summer, uh, beginning of fall. So this is kind of like whatever a 36 year old's last hurrah looks like, which is probably just me watching Netflix. Honestly, like I'm not going to wild out like I used to, but yeah. yeah. So I'll be a little it's bit busier awesome. than normal, 
very soon. Yeah, that's <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Thank Good you. Good for you. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course. And we look forward to hearing more. Thank and, you so uh, much. Any last words, Pepper? Uh, several. One, if we did episode titles, we would should call this one uh, The Silkscreen Kid. And two, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, Kendra, I'm going to talk to you about that project. I'm serious about it. I'm going to email okay. you about it. Sure. And three, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>